Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. <laughs> Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. D-O-C to the single G. What's up, sir? Woo! Mike, I'm living good. I'm living even better because I see you're wearing the Doc G Show shirt. You're repping it. You're yes, repping it. Listeners. Yes, sir. That's right. Listeners on the pure radio side, you can't see it. He's wearing a shirt. Wearing a shirt yeah. from the show. Signed by yours truly. Yeah. Which sort of inspires me, Mike. I think I might need to get some of those new shirts, you know? Yes! Might need to get some new shirts. That one's Gap, right? I got Gap on that brand, I think. Yeah, this this Gap. That's a good one. I like Gap. But I think next time I'm going to go V-neck. Oh, yeah? Okay. Eh, Okay. Show a little neck, you know? (laughs) Show a little cleave. Yeah, get a little risky there. (laughs) Get a little hamburger meat coming out. Everybody loves it. It's nice. I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah, just imagine. I mean, just imagine Sam uh, Sam from the lifeguard, right? Sam Elliott. Just a little Mm -hmm. hamburger meat coming out. Nice tan chest. Ooh. So much chest hair. What a a model for our shirt. I'm going to get the 78-year-old Sam Elliott to do it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, Mike, how's your life going? Life is good, Doc G. I feel really good. I feel fantastic. Eight and eight, eight and a half? Yeah. Eight and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. Easy eight and a half out of ten today. Nice. How about you? I am doing pretty... I'll I'll tell you something exciting. You want to hear something exciting? Yes. Okay, it's not necessarily exciting. What? Uh, But it was the prudent thing for me to do, and um, it got me pretty excited. I uh, I switched my main savings account to a new bank. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting about six times the interest I was before. Nice. So what are you getting? Like point zero 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 three percent interest. Ooh, point zero 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 four percent. Four percent interest. Four. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Talk about big effing money moves. I'm yeah. I'm right up there. Jeff Bezos. Four whole percent. Yeah, four whole percent. Nice. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Doc G. That's me. That's the way they they got their billions, right? Mm -hmm. By casually putting a couple of hundred dollars into a savings account every Mm -hmm. now and again. Compound interest. (laughs) (laughs) I had $400 last week. Oh, 20 billion. That's nice. That is interest accrued. That's lovely. Yeah. But, Mike, more importantly, I want to talk about something that will not make you a billionaire. Mm. Um, If you spend your money on a service that I heard being advertised just this past weekend on SiriusXM, you will not be a billionaire. I can guarantee you this. All Um, right. What service is it so I can avoid it? (laughs) Well, I know what the listeners are thinking. And no, I'm not talking about ladies of the night listeners. Get your head out of the gutter, all right? That's not the service (laughs) I'm talking about here. No sidewalk sallies. What I'm talking about, Mike, I was going down the road, listening to Sirius XM, and uh, listening to the old news station, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, 
It's getting more terrified with every passing news story. <laughs> um, planets turning to a giant fireball. We got crazy people running for political office. We got malaria in Florida. They're oh, gosh. T- trying to make roads out of radioactive mining waste. <laughs> it's not good, that. Mike. It's not yeah. good. Um, so commercial came on. I was like, oh, nice. A little break from the terror. This will be good. <laughs> and uh, the commercial came on, and it was for psychics. Mm. Psychics. Hmm. They still exist, Mike. Talk to you. You don't believe in these people? No. <laughs> and it's 2023. Like, maybe if it were 1812 and a blood moon had just come over our crop of corn, I'd be like, oh, need to see what this the psychic tells us about this. It's 2023. Like, yeah. I didn't think they still existed, Mike. I didn't, I didn't know uh, that was a thing. Like, I don't ma- know. They're still out there. Maybe I don't watch enough, like, daytime TV anymore. Like, I don't know if they're still... I remember back in the day when I used to watch, you know, Price is Right. That'd be a constant in there. You'd get a nice get a nice psychic in there in the who middle. Who was that lady? Who was that? A who Cleo. Was that lady? Cleo. Uh, yeah. Cleo. Mm-hmm. Loved her. Yeah. Commercials. Those were super late at night. Yeah, call me now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like, yeah, they still they still advertise on Sirius XM. And, and I got to say, Mike, as I was listening to it, because I actually heard it multiple times. I heard it one time, and I was mm-hmm. like, maybe that was in a, you know, uh, 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 a blip. Maybe that was just one. No. I accidentally played this. I heard that continually, you know? And it's not just one ridiculous thing about the commercial. It's multiple things. Hmm. Like, I mean, first, this is just like some, like, goofy conglomerate with a 900 number that you call up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know about you, Mike, but I've never... First of all, I've never been interested in getting a psychic in the first place. I guess, you know... I guess I like being surprised, or yeah. I don't think they work. One of the two. But, like, if I were to go out on a journey to find a psychic, it wouldn't be calling up a 900 <laughs> number, you know? Yeah, you want to see them in person, yeah. Yeah, well, like, I'd want to, like, you got to go on a, on a quest to yeah. find a psychic. Like, I'd want to go out into the middle of a swamp where you have to paddle out to an old house on stilts. Mm. Where an yeah. old lady is, lives, and she lives by candlelight, and she only talks through her pet crow. And people are like, how does that crow talk? And they're like, she's the oracle. Don't ask questions, you know? Or like, you got to hike up to a mountain shack in Tibet where an old Asian monk who can't speak your language lives. But when he touches your arm, his eyes turn all white, and he can speak perfect English. And you're like, say what? what? Happened that here. freaked me out, yeah. Right, that that would be some psychic <laughs> right there. I but, don't want to know. I don't know what you. I don't know <laughs> what you have to tell me. Okay, you've got too much power here. This is a little bit. I'm rethinking this. I'm I'm gonna climb back. I'm gonna climb back down. My bad. Enjoy your day. I'll see you later. Like, but like, yeah. Call Janine at one nine hundred. I'm a psychic. Like, get out of here. Who wants to? Lame. It's lame, Mike. That's just yeah. Come on. Second, second in the commercial, the lady says one hundred percent accurate readings. 
Huh? That's not just, that's not believable, Mike. No, that's not believable. You're telling me there wasn't one misfire in there? Like they didn't get their signals crossed once? When they reached into their brain and they are looked into the magical looking glass, whatever they do, they didn't look at like the wrong person once. And they're like, oh, I was looking at your sister. My bad. Mm, As, her uh, energy. She's going to die, not you. Yeah, she's the Oops. one. Sorry about that. Like, like come on. Come on. Yeah. You got to get gotta at least. There's got to be some fine print there, yeah. On, on, on top of that, when they said 100% accurate readings, I was like, how do you find that out? Hmm. Like, how do you find out that all your predictions came to fruition? You're telling me you called up every person that's ever used your services and were like, oh, all right, all right. So uh, let's see. Last time we talked, uh, there were 35 predictions we talked about in hmm. your call. Uh, and the first one, let's see here. I said your son would eventually get over picking his nose in public. Ew. Um... Now, let's see. How would you say that was? Was that 100% accurate, 75% accurate, 50%, or he's doing that on stop? Where are you at there? All right, I'm going to write that down. Oh, 100% accurate. again. Like, no, come on. Yeah. Like, at least give us, like, 87.4%, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, half these lottery numbers might work. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. a different universe, a parallel universe, 100% they work. Right, right. <laughs> and that'll intrigue people. <laughs> They'll be like, hmm, okay. Yeah, so you're saying, I mean, I'd like it so to be 100%. There's a chance. Yeah, I'd like it to be 100%, but, you know, they only missed on 12.6%. That doesn't actually sound too bad. I think I can deal with that. Like, Yeah, I'll take that. You got to admit, too, they keep accurate <laughs> records. They had 87.4%. That's nice. That's good. Yeah, good yeah, good yeah. on them. <laughs> but, like... Then third, Mike, they said on the commercial they had something like 300 psychics to answer any person's questions. <laughs> I was like, 300? That's too many. Come on. Who, like, yeah, like, you're telling me there are 300 people that can predict the future with 100% accuracy, and the best thing they could figure out to do with their time was hang out and answer phone calls on a 900 number? <laughs> Like, these people would be ruling the world if this were true. They would be, instead of the Supreme Court, it would be the psychics of America, and they would just be like, here's what we need to do for us to continue our trip through the world. Like, come on. Yeah. That's that's like finding out you have Superman's abilities to fly and being like, well, you know, I could be a pretty good window washer in the city. Mm-hmm. I could get up there and just <laughs> I think that'd be a pretty good use of my time as an occupation. Like, this is dumb. This yeah. is dumb, Mike. But you yeah. know what, Mike? After I heard that uh, commercial and I thought of how dumb it was, I was like, you know what? We don't need one here at the Doc G show. Nope. Because I can predict the future, Mike. Word. At least for this show. Okay. And I can tell you what we got ahead of us. One hour, 45 minutes of wasting time and having fun, Mike. 100% accurate. Woo! <laughs> That's the rating. I followed up with Mike, and we'll, well, I'm going to follow up again at the end of the show. We're going to make sure that happened. We're going to make sure that happened. In the meantime, Mike, you ready to fire the show up? Let's fire it up, Doc G. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, 
Zero and lift off. Woo! Mike, I am excited. I foresee in our future we have a fantastic guest. And I really see this one in the future because this is a pre recorded interview. So I know it already happened. So, 100%. Yeah, it's going to happen regardless, <laughs> listeners. Josh Todd, an absolute rock legend, singer of Buck Cherry. On the show with us. Can't wait to talk to him. I mean, he has been rocking out since, I mean, the early 90s. He's been in rock bands. Just a wild life, this guy. Um, congratulations to him. He's been sober for 30 years of that life. Mike. Wow. Yeah. He uh, he uh, he took a, a, a turn in his life. Uh, it's well documented, so I didn't really talk about it in our interview because uh, it's in you know a bunch of other interviews he's done. So true. But he took a really rough turn in life from 13 to 23, where basically he just was an alcoholic and abused drugs constantly through his all of his teen years and early 20s. And then he had a daughter, and uh, he uh, realized, hey, if I want to live a couple, at least a couple more years, I should probably stop all of this. And he did. Mm. And he yeah. hasn't done it ever since. It's wild. Wow. Which is, you know, which is a little bit funny. Like, uh, that's one of the things that people sort of come down on him on music, and it is ridiculous. Like, you know, a lot of his music talks about partying and and drinking and and doing drugs. And he's like, most of it's looking back on those times. And he's like, I don't really have negative memories of it. Nope. It's just sort of looking back on it. Like, man, that was crazy. Like, and, you know, I was doing those things. And people are like, oh, you got to be really doing it to write about it. He's like, I did do it. Just back then, he always uses the connection. He always compares it to like if you went out with a girl and then you broke up with that girl, but you wrote a song about that girl, nobody would be like, "Oh, why are we? You're not going out with Jane now. You can't write a song about Jane." <laughs> you know, same thing. He broke up with uh, drugs, uh, but he still writes about them every now and yeah, then. Yeah, a lot of material. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. Uh, There's so but- much material there. It's good material. Uh, yeah. Good material, uh, sometimes bad life experiences, but good material. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But before we get Which is to- also good material, by the way, Doc G. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, depending sure. on what kind of stuff you write. Uh, it depends. Anyway. Depends. How funny you want it to be, how serious you want it to be. Or, there you go. Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, Mike, we need to start, though, where we start. The birthday suit. Happy birthday. Mm. Got lemonade today, Mike. Looks it's good. Serv- it's serving me well. Looks like mm. pee water. Mm. Yeah, it does. Anyways, it always unhealthy does. pee water. <laughs> if you're if you're doing lemonade right, it's always gonna look like pee water. Yeah. Uh, dehydrated, yes, like like yeah. Mike said, uh, dehydrated oh, pee water. Uh, otherwise, if you're hydrated, it's just gonna look like water. Uh, yeah. I've sidetracked on urine. Yes! Um, Mike, I. 50-50 on this one. Mike, I, I don't think I, I'm not too confident. You, you, UFC fighters? What do you think? UFC I fighters? I yeah. know a couple. Yeah. Okay. Well, this one's a pretty big one, so maybe you might get okay. it. It's got a very famous nickname. Do you know any nicknames of uh, of uh, UFC fighters? Hmm. No, I don't think so. If I say Bones, no. do you know that? It, oh, okay. Well, you're probably not going to get this one. Girl, Okay, um, right now, just uh, last week, I completely failed, as everybody remembered, and I didn't give you your updated uh, your updated stats 
That's you okay. are you are forty four and three fourths out of eighty one, Mike. Mm. And I'm not sure this. You're going to get dangerously close to fifty percent on this week. We're I'm a little <laughs> concerned. Uh, but let's get this UFC fighter out of the way. Born on July 19, 1987 in Rochester, New York. Our birthday suit where his father was a preacher. His father wanted him to follow in his footsteps and become a preacher as well. But he became an athlete like his two brothers. His older brother played in the NFL, and his younger brother still plays in the NFL for the Kansas City Chiefs. Actually, Los Angeles uh Las Vegas Raiders, your mm. hometown there. there Our go. birthday suit wear uh, was a wrestler, and because of how skinny he was, his coach called him Bones, a nickname that has stuck since then. While at Iowa Central Community College, he decided to drop out and focus on mixed martial arts. At 23, he became the youngest UFC champion in history. He had the belt for five years, but in 2015, he was stripped of his belt for a hit-and-run felony charge. Then, he was banned in 2016 for a banned substance that he tested positive for. But he came back in 2018 and beat Alexander Gustafsson uh, to reclaim the title. He voluntarily vacated the title in 2020 uh, amid a pay dispute with uh, Dana White and cited intent to move up to the heavyweight division. In 2023, he returned to the UFC in the heavyweight division and won. Name that... Oh, before I name that birthday suit wearer, he is seen by many as the greatest pound-for-pound fighter of all time. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. I don't know. Give you the initials. JJ... Hmm. Uh, I still don't know. Yeah, no idea. Very simple, Mike. John Jones. John Jones. John Bones Jones. Hmm. That's him, man. For uh, yeah, one of the best of all time. One of the best of all time, man. That's a fact. He is just a, a knockout machine, and just uh, just uh, no, and it's crazy. Because, I mean, he went from light heavyweight, he went from this super lean dude to this last fight. I saw him before the fight, and I was like, this dude is bulky as crap. There's no way he's going to win this fight. And he did. At heavyweight. Wow. He was just like, pardon me while I take this belt. It's crazy. John Jones. John Jones Bones, man. Bones, Bones Jones. Bones Jones. Anyways, happy birthday to uh, Bones Jones. He's turning the old 36. Not a young guy. We'll see how long Ooh. he can sort of keep uh, keep the title going there. Mike, you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, breaking news from England. Sarah Box Horton. Thinks she's discovered Jack the Ripper's true identity. Mm. Yeah. Finally, Mike. London can rest easy. After 124 years of panic, they can finally breathe a sigh of relief. Thank you. Now, who is Sarah Boxhorton, Mike? She is the great-great-granddaughter of the policeman that was working the case of Jack the Ripper back in the day. Mm. And apparently because Sarah is retired now and she's got some time to kill, she's like, yeah, I'll work on this case. Word. And that's what she did, right? Nice. 
So she found a dude named Hyam Hyams. Huh? Which I'm going to go out on a limb and guess he murdered people because he was just unhappy with his name. <laughs> I mean, he's called Hyam Hyams. Lame. But Hyam uh, Hyams, she was able to match him up with eyewitness descriptions of uh, the people that saw Jack the Ripper because there were people that, you know, saw him at these murders. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not to, you know, knock on Sarah's great-great-granddad, but uh, he didn't seem to be the best detective because when when she gives the description of this guy, Hyam Hyams, and you hear the description of the uh, of, of Jack the Ripper, you're like, uh, that's the same person. Uh, you can uh, match that one up pretty well. Uh, because it says witnesses described a man in his mid-30s with a stiff arm and irregular gait and bent knees. That's what they described the guy that was seen as uh, Jack the Ripper. Then the medical records that Sarah found on Hyam Hyams says he was 35. That matched mid-30s. Uh, and recorded an injury in his left arm that left him unable to bend it. He also had an irregular gait with an asymmetric foot dragging. I mean, again, I don't want to say that your great-granddad was uh, lollygagging on the job, but doesn't seem like it'd be too hard to put those two together, Mike. Like, say you're looking for a guy that's dragging his leg? That dude is over there. In mid-30s, that dude is right there. Oh, and he can't bend his arm. Same over here. I have no clue who this person is. Oh, come on. <laughs> Guess we'll never know. Like, it just seems a little bizarre. It also makes sense to uh, because uh, this dude Hyam Hyams was uh, put into a lunatic asylum in 1889, not too long after the murder murder stopped, and Hyam was in there until he died in like 1915, and so no murders occurred after that. Hmm. So it would uh, obviously line up that since he was stuck in a lunatic asylum, he uh, he could not murder anymore. Um, you know, makes sense. Which yeah. I, it definitely makes sense too, because I feel like you know, when you make the decision of of murdering prostitutes, you're you're not really gonna stop until something stops you. You know, word. Like I mean, I I've ne- I've never I been guess. in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't been I can't in that stop situation now. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you know, that's what I'm thinking. Like it would seem bizarre to me that if you go out and kill a prostitute for a couple of months and then be like, well, that was fun. What should I do now? Learn French? Yeah, that's what I'll try mm. now. Like, you know, you're not going to switch activities. No. That's a pretty firm activity switch, I feel like. He just got stopped by going to an insane asylum. That's it. Mm. So anyways, Mike, it was... It, it, yeah, yeah, Hiam Hiams. Take a look. Take a look. Doesn't so, really ring uh, like Jack the Ripper. <laughs> no, no. I, you know. Um, regardless, Mike, I got some new uh, news here out of the World Health Organization. I don't know if you saw this one. Uh-uh. They just labeled uh, aspartame, one of the mm. most common artificial sweeteners. They labeled that as a potential carcinogen. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised, Mike? Um, I didn't know that a sugar could, you know, or like a, a sweetener could be a carcinogenic, but I guess there's, oh, a, yeah. lot of car- there's a lot of type of carcinogens out there. Oh, right? a ton, Mike. That, that, Everything is, that's right? That's the thing. I, 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 thought, I thought that's what everybody did when they looked at like sugary stuff versus artificially sweetened stuff. They just weighed it on a scale of like, eh, would I rather be obese or have cancer? Mm-hmm. 
mm, we'll go with cancer today. You know, like, yeah. I thought that's whatever. You, you just, I mean, at least me, that's what I just sort of assume with any artificial sweeteners. It's like, all right, well, we're cranking up the risk on tumors. Uh, we're decreasing the risk of obesity. And then when you go with the regular sweetened drink, you're like, all right, we're turning back up obesity. We're turning mm-hmm. down cancer. Like, you know, anyways. Uh, Interesting. Mike, a uh, picture uh, has been uh, circulating in the news and on social media from Kristen Bell. You know, Kristen? Uh, Was she the... Um uh, why do I why do I want to say that the Twilight star? She, that's not the same person, no. right? Mm, yeah, that's no, a different. What I can't remember. Oh, Kristen Bell is Dax Shepard's. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, Dax yeah. Shepard's uh, wife. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So apparently, she had a real big get together with some uh, a whole bunch of famous folks. Mm-hmm. Um, she posted a picture with about twenty five celebrities: uh, her husband, Jason Bateman, Adam mm-hmm. Scott, John Mulaney, Jim Jimmy Kimmel. Courtney Cox, Jennifer Aniston, and uh, it was cool just people. it was just them sitting at a table, a really big table outside in Idaho, and she captured the picture, Idaho, Chapter One. Hmm. That was the uh, title or the caption. Uh, mm-hmm. Now the interesting thing, Mike, wasn't really the picture. I mean, you know, for me, it would have just been like, yeah, all right, some famous folks in Idaho. There you go, right? But the interesting yeah. thing was a lot of folks started pointing out in the comment section that uh, there was essentially no diversity present in the picture uh, that was there. Nope. It's essentially everybody was white. Yeah, um, there was no diversity in the no, picture. No, not, not at all. And again, a little bit like the artificial sweetener, Mike. I was like, are these people surprised by that? Like, like, uh, I mean, first of all, it's Idaho. The state has almost 90% white people, you know, like that's like having a party at the bamboo forest and being surprised when only pandas show up. Yeah. (laughs) You sort of catered to them. Come on, man. That's what they're doing. Now, just for the record, just for the record, Mike, as a white person, I would have suggested a warmer place. I would. Yeah. I mean, I mean, seventy-five percent of the country is under extreme heat warnings, and in their picture, they're all wearing fleeces. Yeah. Let's see some jean jackets. Yeah. What the f- is that? No, mm-hmm. thank you. It's June or July or whenever that picture was taken. I don't know, man. Come on, gross. Yeah. Let's go to Jamaica, man. Let's enjoy some weather, some beach, some sun. Come on. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I totally agreed. But hey, nice looking uh nice oh, it's looking a, party. It's a nice it's a nice group, man. I mean, could yeah. could we enjoy some diversity in that group? Yes, definitely. But uh, you mm-hmm. know, if I, I I hate to say, Mike, if I got uh if I got invited to that group, I wouldn't turn it down. Uh no. now Mm-mm. If somebody asked me about it, I'd be like, uh, yeah, I was really upset about the diversity there. <laughs> All right. But I'm still not going to turn it down. You know, I'm just going to be one of those complete bullshit. Anyways, <laughs> um, Mike, we got really important news. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. What's going on? How's his divorce? Or uh, what's he losing? It's gotten worse. Oh, um, gosh. So he's back in the news again. 
he is accusing his estranged ex-wife now of quote-unquote planning her exit. Mm. Mm. She made expensive personal purchases before she she filed the divorce papers, mm. including a new car. Brand new car. A new car. (laughs) She win it with with Plinko, Mike. Plinko. No, this uh, Mike. I this is serious. I think our man Kevin needs to set up a Zoom meeting with her. Straighten this (laughs) out. You know, just get on there. Get no background. Mm -mm. She doesn't get the background. This is wherever he's at. Real back. Maybe just the blurred one. Maybe just the blurred one so you can't see it. You Maybe know? the Dances with Wolves uh, background. Uh, <laughs> <So> just a <laughs> reminder <scene>. of the accomplishments, <laughs> right? Just to let him know. But, like, uh, uh, listen, listeners, if you're confused, you're not a regular listener, go back. That's a callback from two weeks ago. Yes! We had a story on uh, Kevin Costner, and he Zoomed his kids to tell them that uh, their mom and him weren't uh, together anymore. So if you want to feel the fullness of that joke, go back and listen to the show two weeks ago. Thank you. I'm refilling yeah. the fullness. I you, knew there was a Zoom store. I, t- I kind of forgot the details, yep. so thank you for uh, catching everybody. No worries. No worries, Mike. No <laughs> worries. Um, Mike, we've got even more important uh, news, not so just funny. Leo news. What? Or, sorry, not just Kevin news. I gave it away. <laughs> I gave it away. We got Leo news, Mike. Yes, Leo. Ooh. Leo news. Now, I'd also, I would also like to make a call back. Uh, we had Leo news that was very unimportant uh, um, a couple of uh, weeks ago. And you made a terrific joke, and I was so ignorant going along with the story. I, I, I completely missed it, Mike. You ask how old the car was as a reference to uh, him dating young ladies. And I was just like, yeah, new car, man. Didn't even. And then I'm, I'm, I'm going back, listening to the show. I'm like, you're a idiot, Ben. Why did you didn't even hear him? Didn't it? I apologize, Mike. That was oh, a great joke. And I completely missed Thank you. it. Um, Appreciate it. But Mike, uh, Leo is out and out celebrating again. He was at the Vogue summer party in mm. London this past Thursday. Now, uh, I do have to say it's weird. I didn't get an invite again. Mm. I, I don't know if they have my address or we get our signals crossed. I don't know how yeah. they do this, you know, but for some reason, they didn't want me there, which it's odd. I don't get it. But regardless, Mike, Leo was there, and he was living it up. Mm. And with not one of his alleged lovers... But two of them at the same Ooh. party. Say what? Yeah. There you go. Now, they didn't show up together. It wasn't like a trio that showed up. They all showed up independently. But he's mm-hmm. been attached to both of them. And, you know, normally, like, if it were me and I was in a love triangle like that, I'd be in a sweat panic in the corner, you know? Like, oh, God, uh, they're both here. And they're going to see me, and we're going to have to talk, and they're probably going to interact together, and I'm going to say something stupid and put my foot in my mouth. That's a fact. Leo didn't seem concerned. He was no just, way. He was chilling at the DJ booth. That's where he was hanging the whole time. Mm. So apparently, Mike, he's been uh, romantically associated with uh, Maya Jamma and uh, Neelam Gill. So true. These two uh, ladies. Uh, and you're going to find this hard to believe. They're both attractive. 
Uh, <laughs> hmm, it's very, very hard sell, but it's true. Um, and this is a more important thing, Mike. They're both 28. There we go. 28. <laughs> so just to point out to all you Leo haters out there that say, oh, you can't date anybody over 25. That's three years over 25, if you know how yeah. to do math. You're going to have to create a new chart. Yeah. Yeah. And second, if you add them together, they're eight years older than him. And technically, mm. since he's connected to both of them, you have to do that. That's a rule. You so mm. they're 56. So there you go. Mm. <laughs> and he's 48. How do you like that? Uh, but the other one side note, Mike, this is a side note from the party. Leo's mom was there. Mm. Word. Which again... If that's not an indication how cool you are, I don't know what is. Like, you 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 can be completely cool with your mom there. Like, if I mean, you know, my mom's great, but if she's hanging at a Vogue party with me, I'm gonna lose my cool. I don't, I don't know what I. It's gonna be hard for me to have uh, family bin and party bin in the same yeah. area. You know. I, 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 I'm gonna have two girls on yeah. this side of you, and then you just can't play it cool like that. Yeah. You know, just like, hey, mom, uh, hey, hey, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Wham. I'd lose it again. I'd completely lose it. But Leo, he's just out there schmoozing, just having mm -hmm. drinks. He didn't have a mask on, you know, because he was with other celebrities. He shaved, complete shave, Mike. Oh, really? Smooth face, Leo. Ooh. It didn't, look, it didn't look bad. Yeah, I was like, I look pretty good. It looks pretty good, Leo. Not bad. And he's just got a drink in his hand. I want to say, I might have to look uh, during the uh, break, Mike. I want to say he had a V-neck on. It was a conservative V-neck, but I think he had a V-neck on. I might be making that up. I don't know. Maybe I just want to imagine him with a V-neck. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm looking this up right now. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio, London Vogue Party. Yeah, yeah, take a look. Uh, Let's see if he has a V-neck on there. Give no, it, it looks like a crew neck. Ah, I thought like it. A crew neck. But uh, looking really nice with that clean shave. Yeah, it is. It's real nice. He's looking real smooth. Looking real smooth. Regardless, Mike, we need to celebrate this. We need to celebrate it hard, and we are. On the show, we are going to hear a fantastic song from our guest. One of their biggest songs of all time. This is Lit Up from Buck Cherry right here on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what should the listeners do? Huh? Yeah. Well, hey, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, mm -hmm. they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever they get their podcasts. It's a cost-effective way to support the show. Yes. And if the listeners are feeling extra generous, they should leave us a five-star review 
Uh, we love the reviews and comment. We love comments. Amen. And also, hey, follow us on social media. Doc G Show. I'm at Mike Charette. And that's it. L- listeners, I have been extremely busy. Uh, and I have not been able to uh, post some videos there on the old social media. But I will get at least one. I can tell you I get at least one um uh, video of me and Buck Cherry there, me, Josh Todd, talking it out. I've got one really good story I want to sort of crank into a video I know that I really enjoy. Um, so if you want to actually see the video of it, he is, uh, it's not, it's not the craziest. He's hanging out in his, uh, in his car waiting to pick his kid up from tennis. So... He's in a <laughs> he's in a parking lot hanging out there, and you know I give it to him, man. He, he he's willing to meet, willing to talk anytime, and I'll give him a lot of credit. Whatever his service is, it's good. So true. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, I I didn't lose like the 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 video feed, no lag at all. It was impressive. Wow. Yeah, I was like, man, I almost felt like asking him afterwards, like, what do we got going there? What is that? <laughs> I don't feel like that's yeah. AT and T because I've got it, and guess what? They're not doing it for me. Nope, it's not happening. Uh-huh. Maybe it, maybe it too. I do have to keep in mind, like Florida is one of the worst for that, man. As far as just our our uh, cell towers and our signaling, it's just horrible. Really? Yeah, Northern Florida uh, just sucks. Just sucks. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh-huh. well, I I don't know. I'm just using case case maybe basis. Get that Starlink. Get that Starlink, Doc J. Nope. Not being associated with that Tesla character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not getting that. No, thank you. Mm, not, not getting into his world. Oh, no way. I'm threads all the way, Mike. Huh? I'm there you go. threading <laughs> like nobody's business. <laughs> nah, I, uh, uh, I'm I not. to get on there. I know I'm not interested in either one, honestly. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I, the written cat. I mean, every now and then I see a tweet, Mike, and I'm like, that's interesting. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. like. I'm not interested in going through a bunch of people's random little thoughts to bring people no. in. Like, you know, I don't really care. Yeah, not enough animals getting chase videos. For yeah, me. exactly. <laughs> Give me a little bit of visual, right? <laughs> oh, here we go. Anyways, Mike, we need to thank uh, the regulars that we have, uh, uh, you know, bared with us through this just onslaught of ignorance that I've been spewing out for the last <laughs> five minutes. But here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Boynton, Virginia. Shout out. Now, Mike. I mentioned how I was going to explain what Boynton, uh, Virginia is all about. And I got to, I got to be honest, uh, Boynton, Virginia is teeny, Mike. Oh, when I say teeny, it is teeny. It is Hmm. like a population of 250 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to the, to the folks or just folk that is listening to the Doc G Show in Boynton. Shout out. We appreciate it. Now. Yeah, we do. What did I find in Boynton, Mike? Uh, Boynton is right beside Kerr Lake. It's a pretty huge lake. It's actually the largest reservoir in all of Virginia. Hmm. 
covers 50,000 acres, Mike. 50,000 mm. square acres. And they hold a lot of professional bass fishing tournaments there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you're wanting to get down on some bass fishing, that Boynton is your place. Head over to Boynton. Well, it's actually nice. about a mile and a half away from the actual reservoir, so it's not technically your place. It's a mile and a half down the road from your place. Wow, well, that's not too Yeah, that's you could you could find maybe a B and B in Boynton and mm-hmm. then go fish at oh, uh, sure. at Kerr Lake, you know? There's some old Victorian houses that I saw in Boynton too. Sweet. Get some historic looks. Not a bad not a bad place. Shout out to Boynton, man. Home yeah. of Kerr Lake. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, Mike, uh, semi-regulars, our four-star listeners. Here we go. Shout out to, uh, Troy, Michigan. Troy, Michigan. Shout out to San Antonio, uh, Texas. Shout out to Heartland, Wisconsin. Shout out to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Shout out to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Shout out to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Shout out to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Shout out to Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to Clearwater, Florida. Shout out to Monterey, California. Fun fact about Monterey, Mike. I've mentioned it on the show before. Uh, me and my brother took a trip all the way up the old uh, uh, Pacific Highway from yeah. uh, San, uh, San Fran to San mm-hmm. Diego. Um, and in Monterey uh, Bay... We basically the only thing we could find on the radio, we were listening to FM radio, was this really, really weird public radio station. Mm. And we heard like the weirdest song ever in Monterey Bay about like Monterey Bay. It was like some local dude had made this song and it was on and it went on forever. And we were just like, are we in some kind of Twilight Zone? <laughs> what is this thing that's going on the the radio right now? It's like had this weird bass line. It's like doot 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 And it's like Monterey Bay. Living today. And it's just like what the crap is this? It was so bizarre. Me and my brother still talk about it all the time. And it was like after it was like 13 years ago, man. 13 years yeah. ago, we still remember it all the time. It's crazy. Monterey. Shout out to Monterey. Maybe it's the guy that yeah. made the song. If that's yeah. the person that's listening, shoot us over the song. We'll play it on there. Yeah. And he's will. like, hey, he's listening right now. He's like, that's not the way my song goes. That's not <laughs> it at all. He did not nail the acoustics at all. It's, it's been 13 years. Give me a break. Anyways, uh, Piedmont, South Carolina. Shout out to them. Flagstaff, Arizona. You ever been to Flagstaff, Mike? No. Sort of in your neck of the woods. Like, I mean, you know, you'd have to travel several hours, but it's, you know. Yeah, I think it's uh, like 30 minutes from where my dad lives in Arizona. So I'm sure I'll be over there. Better check it out. So he lives in sort of the highlands of Arizona, huh? He lives in Prescott. Oh. A little bit south. I want to say, I want to say, I think. I can't remember if David Spade's mom lives in Flagstaff or she lives in Prescott. Can't remember. Mm. Anyways. Anyways, I got sidetracked. Chapin, South Carolina. Shout out to Chapin. Uh, Miami, uh, Florida. I'm going to guess that's Lionel Messi that was listening in, in Miami. Yeah. Uh, Mumbai. Mumbai, India. Shout out to them. Uh, Oakland, 
California. And lastly, man, we got some Bay listeners. Different Bays, but we got Bays in California. And lastly, Mountain View, California. Shout out. Thank you to everybody that cool, listens. Cool, cool. Thank you. We do appreciate it. Um, we and, do. We do. You know, if you want to vary it up, listen on different platforms. Gets me excited mm-hmm. when I see different numbers, you know? If you're listening on Spotify right now, switch it on over to uh, to Apple. If you're on Apple, mm-hmm. switch it on over to, to, to TuneIn. If you're on TuneIn, switch it on over to SoundCloud, right? Mm. Now, yeah. next uh, next hurdle I'm going to get over, Mike, put myself put put the show on the old iHeartRadio platforms. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it will be to all the folks like myself that were listening to psychic commercials on Sirius XM or like I'd really love to listen to something else boom I can go directly to the Doc G show on their platforms that's the next hurdle Mike it will happen before the end of the summer I'm gonna get it there on iHeartRadio which is kind of like Sirius or it's like it's well, basically both. Sirius when you put it on iHeartRadio it goes on to Sirius as far as I theirs gotcha. too okay. so you can have gotcha. the iHeartRadio app that has their platform of podcast but you can also go on the podcast of Sirius XM and when I put it on that platform it goes to both it goes to yeah okay mm-hmm. I see yeah. I see so just cool. just just reaching out to more folks we thank the folks that are already yeah. listening Mike we thank the folks and you know what I'm not going to wait any longer. Huh? We've got a couple of things that we're going to do, but we'll save it for after. We're going to go ahead and go to our interview. This is the interview with none other than Josh Todd right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very happy to be welcoming lead singer of the legendary band Buck Cherry, who has just released their album Volume 10 back uh, on June 2nd. And they've got a new single out with Moonshine Bandits Wild that was just released two weeks ago. We have with us Mr. Josh Todd. Josh, how's it going, sir? What's up? Thanks for having me. It's going great. You know, we're out here on the Volume 10 tour. Like you said, we just dropped our 10th record, and it's it's going amazing. You know, we're hitting up on cylinders. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I got to I gotta ask a non-music question first. I saw you post just the other day out there on the road, and I, I think I, I know this about you. You, you posted a, a tennis pick there the other day. Uh, how, yeah. How, how's the tennis been going, man? been going great i'm actually at the tennis courts right now my son is uh in a summer camp you know i'm gonna get him here in a second i hit with him yesterday i played a match this morning you know because i got a, like three days off in town and uh i love it you know i'm very passionate about it i've been back in it for going on about four years now nice nice now what do you what do you what do you say? Do you like playing tennis more or watching it because i know you've watched it you, you know you've posted some about watching it in the past yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan because I like to study the game, but, you know, 
most of all, I like to do it myself. Yeah. You know, I like to play. I love to compete. Really, it's about competing, and um, you know, uh, it really gets me away from music and everything else. You know, which is really uh, therapeutic for me. Oh, for sure, for sure. Now, uh, have have you caught any of the uh, Wimbledon action? Uh, yeah, all of it. I'm totally up to speed. Uh, yeah, Djokovic just beat uh, Rublev today. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. I'm really looking forward to the matches tomorrow. Um, you know, Alcaraz is ridiculous. That could be the match of the whole thing. You know, I, um, we'll see. I saw. I saw you. You had as a, as a while back. You had a. Uh, you know. You had a. You were you were cheering for for Alcaraz. Uh, is that you? Would you yeah. say that's your guy? I love Alcaraz, but the real story right now is our American uh, Christopher Eubanks. Um, he's uh, that's what I posted on my storyline. You know, this this guy was kind of uh, hovering in the in the one hundreds for a long time, and he just broke through, and now he's just like killing it. He's beating really you know top five guys. Like he just beat, beat Tsitsipas, and he's gonna play Medvedev tomorrow. And, you know, here he is in the uh, semifinals of Wimbledon. You know, it's like it's just such a cool story. And you know, he's also um, he also a broadcaster, so he does he he calls some of the matches he did back in the day. And he's a real, real lovely guy, you know, talented, really yeah. talented t- tennis player. You you hope I I always when I watch matches like that, you you hope they can ride the wave. That they got like they they don't stop and start thinking about it and make it too big of a of a situation you know yes. and uh, yeah it's a very very humbling sport for sure you know it's you got to have everything together mm-hmm. to, to win one of those you know well I mean I I don't know if you heard uh, it was just a couple of days ago Alcaraz uh, his coach his coach said that he had uh, he, he made the quote. He's got uh, some sort of sick combination of Djokovic, uh, Federer, and Nadal, and I was yeah. like, "Whoa!" I mean, I know, I know he's good, but you're making, you're putting a ton of pressure on that guy. That is, that's a lot right there. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing. I don't know if you saw him like the year before last, and then last year, and now he's like comes leaps and bounds from like I didn't think he could get any better and he's so much better you know he's a he's a true talent really you know a guy that we're gonna talk about for a long time I I will say uh, you know I do like basically that I see a lot of the same sort of as Nadal with him in the fact that he doesn't really take plays off it's this it's you know yeah it's this aggression on every single point. He wants every single thing out of that match yeah. he can get, and that's uh, yep. It's fun to watch. He wins over a lot of crowds because of that too. Um, but yeah, on the uh, on the old topic of sports, I wanted to one other thing. I saw a couple of times you've posted. Uh, you, you've been at Lakers games before. Uh, I mean, I know obviously yeah. you're you're a Cali man. Uh, would you say you're yeah. a big Lakers fan, or do you just every now and then go to games? Well, I love the Lakers because I'm Cali born and raised. You yeah. know, um, am I a crazy NBA fan? No, um, but my son he started playing a lot of basketball, and at that time I was like, I got to get him to a Laker game. We've never been to a Lakers Laker game. Together. I mean, we've been to people's houses and watched the game on TV, you know, and and so. We went, and the Lakers were kind of 
uh, in a in a rut at that point in time. They they weren't like starting to kick butt to get to the NBA Finals yet. So, uh, anyways, they they won that night. It was like really kind of the turning point in their and uh, their career. I mean, the the last season they had, you know. So it was cool to be a part of that. And my son really really enjoyed. It. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, I guess I guess if you're you're sort of at that level of fandom, I'm guessing you haven't watched any of the. Uh, the winning time on HBO about the Lakers back in the eighties. No, but I remember all those times. Uh, that was uh, that was great. Well, I was going to ask back in the day. I mean, did you watch any growing up as far as the Lakers or no? No, uh, as far back as the Lakers would be like Jack and Kobe and is that, okay. is that the era you're talking about or before that? Oh, uh, well, I was talking about like when you were when you were in like high school or like around that time. As oh, far no. as like. No, I was, I was uh, wheels in high school. I was, you know, drinking and using, and you know, I was in bands, and you know, I, I wasn't paying attention to many sports except like football and and boxing. Uh, well, I mean, uh, with that sort of making a connection at that time, I've heard and you know, I've seen obviously recent music you did. You, you had uh, well, fairly recent. You had the hip hop remix. Of uh, of crazy, uh, and yeah. you know you, you this most recent song of wild you've got hip hop in that in that uh, single. Um, yeah. Growing up, I mean, obviously, I, I feel like when I look at your like sort of that high school time period, you almost hit that golden age of West Coast hip hop. I mean, you know, the Ice T's, yeah. the N.W.A., the the Ice yeah. Cube. Were you into hip hop back yep. then? I was, you know, I was a little Orange County kid, Orange County, California. You know, is where I was, where I came up. I was born in LA, but I, I grew up down there. And um, you know, I was surfing and skateboarding my whole youth. You know, and so most of my record collection was independent punk rock records. You know, and bands like uh, Seven Seconds, The Toy Dolls, GBH. You know, uh, uh, Social Distortion. You know, bands like that, Black Flag, Minor Threat. And then all of our all of our little skater boys, we got this record called Straight Outta Compton, and nice. that was like that record took over Orange County, and like every kid was listening to that record, and we were just like, I when I heard it, I'm like, man, this kid is so dangerous, man. I love it, you know. I just I thought that they were just um, you could just feel the honesty in those records, and mm -hmm. and that's what I loved about those punk rock records, you know, they weren't on major labels. They didn't have a filter. They were just talking about, you know, what was going on with them, you know, and and uh, that's why I love those records. I had my own stuff going on as a kid, you know, and so those records really gave me, um, I don't know what you comfort, you know, mm -hmm. they gave me a lot of comfort, and uh, I really appreciated their honesty. And I, and so cut to uh, NWA, you know. It was such an amazing time, you know. They they were great, and then you know the Beastie Boys and all that were came into to play, and I listened to all that. And to this day, that's all I listen to is hip hop and and pop music. I don't really listen to that much rock, new rock. You know, I'm I listen to like classic rock and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Nice, nice. Well, now, I mean, switching over to Buck Cherry, you guys have been going now for almost almost 30 years, which is insane to think about. I mean, you know, 20, 28, yep. give or take. Uh, but before Buck Cherry, you were in, you were in bands prior. 
uh, Slam Hound, yeah. uh, and I've seen you post before on Slam Hound. Um, yeah. Which you you just said you know wills and there was definitely yeah. some wills during those times. But I I, yeah. I was thinking about it like when you were in Slam Hound, it seems like it was that time period where you know. Grunge was coming in. It sort of taken over rock music around that time. Yeah. Um. And, and you've got this sort of changing of the guards. What was it like for you during that time? Like being in a band. Like, did you did you see that when you were in it? Did you see that going on or what? No. Like Slamhound started right when I was 19 years old. Uh, I think it was like around. 1990 or you know it was right what you were talking about the transition was happening but still I was in Hollywood at that time and the strip was still chaos every weekend with bands and you couldn't even see the sidewalk there was so many flyers you know to promote shows and it was a crazy scene you know it was still really going off and um, I just remember I wanted to be the, the king of that place you know that was like my goal when I yeah. got to Hollywood and so anyways I got into Slamhound and and there was a big like local rock publication called Rock City News, you know, and um, I just, you know, my goal was I just wanted to be on the cover of that thing. And we were on the cover of that thing in six months after being together. And uh, we just really kind of took over, you know, at that time, it was, it was a very special time. I was in that band for four years. I really loved that band. It was, we were all really up, but uh, there was something about that band that was really uh, unique and cool and, I think people really love that. We, we we got on it. We almost got signed to Atlantic, and then and then Ahmed Erdogan like hurt himself, and all these changes took place right when we were going to get signed there. So then we got a independent record uh, deal, and we finished the whole record, and then the label lost, lost all its financial backing. So that that was that. And then at that point, we were so up like. Um, the band kind of started imploding, imploding, and then that was it, you know, and that's mm -hmm. when I got, but it was really a blessing in disguise because I got sober, you know, and and then eventually Buck Cherry happened. Nice, nice. Well, I, I was going to say one thing on, on Slam Hound, because uh, I listened to some, you know, there's the, the, sort of the full sort of bootlegs on YouTube there that you can listen to songs, and you, yeah, it's interesting because you, you got a wave, like you said, you've got that sort of glam rock sound. You've got some of the the '80s rock in there, but there's definitely a ton of <laughs> punk rock in there too. Yeah. And you hear that switch yeah. in some of the songs. Uh, I mean, were you pushing both when you were in that group as far as what you wanted it to sound like? Did you want like both of those ends? You know, I hear that record sometimes, and it's hard for me because I'm just, you know, I can hear like. The recklessness of it is really cool, and there's there's a vibe there, you know. But um, as far as like songwriting goes, I mean, just hadn't uh, matured in that right. department, you know. And my my voice was just incredible, you know. I could sing so high at that point. I was like, man, I, it doesn't even sound like me, you know. So, um, you know, I wish I would have done a lot of things different starting out, but you just don't. You don't know. You yeah. nobody can tell you anything when you're that age. You just think you got it all figured out. And uh, you know, anyways, we did. We did all we could at that time. If that band would have happened, we would have probably all been dead by now. You know, so that's the, that's a good thing. 
Well, now, was it at that time? I, I I heard you talking about this. Were you living with with Stevie D at that time? Was he with you in another band, um, but in another band? No, I had. Yeah, we hadn't become roommates yet. I, you know, no, we became roommates at some point during the Slamhound saga, but not right when I got to LA. But uh, I met Stevie at a clothing store because I worked there. You know, I got a job at this uh, used clothing store in Venice mm-hmm. called Aardvarks. And um, Venice Beach, and and there was Stevie. You know, Stevie had like long dreadlocks, and he was wearing like <laughs> uh, some overalls. But I mean, Stevie's like super styly guy. He can wear anything, and he looked amazing. You know. And anyways, he was like, he was doing solo stuff. He was really into his own stuff. He was singing and doing like Prince type rock kind of stuff. And nice. And but we we were just like. We just, we loved friends. We kind of bonded on that and we just became really good friends and we were just always partying together and eventually we became roommates, but we weren't like, I always had my music thing, yeah. he had his, you know, it wasn't like, and then eventually we got to go down this uh, music journey together, you know, which has been amazing. I've been, he's been with me now for, since 2000, I want to say three, yeah. you know, he's been in the band with me. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you can trust anybody that doesn't like Prince. That's a that's a red flag right there. If you were to go in there, it's and a like, big red flag. <laughs> don't don't like I don't like Prince. But man, I keep trying to picture because I've heard you say that before. As far as uh, when you first met him, him having dreads, and I keep trying to yeah. image that in my head, and I just can't I can't see it, man. I, I wish I wish I I, I knew a, a yeah. picture of where that existed. Um, yeah, yeah, like long dreads. They're cool. <laughs> well, now, uh, obviously, like we said, you moved on to Buck Cherry, and when you guys moved on to Buck uh-huh. Cherry, you started with Keith, and you guys are are rocking bars in California. And I'm sort of, I'm, I sort of wonder, did most of the time when when guys like yourself go into band, you don't really have like you, you don't have necessarily like this formulated image of what you want to be. But did you did you guys go in saying this is like the type of rock band we want to be, or was it just like let's make music? You know, we had both been in situations where we were kind of frustrated at that point, especially with musicians and you know flaky people, people that aren't you know dedicated, and you know. So I was I was really leery of everybody at that time. I was just writing my own song on a four track with a drum machine you know and, and then eventually our tattoo artist uh, Kevin Quinn put us together he was tattooing the both of us at that time and and that's how we like we met and then we started writing on the four track before we got the band together you know and mm-hmm. just to see if we had any chemistry you know and Keith came from like more of a stonesy aerosmithy type mm-hmm. rock real rock background you know and, and here I am you know you know, still cowboy that grew up on, you know, punk rock, independent records. But I would, you know, I, I listen to all kinds of stuff. But like, you know, so it was a good, it was a good little pairing at that time, yeah. you know. And we wrote some songs where we were like, this is cool. So then we got the band together and we just started, you know, I'm a, I'm a very hardworking guy. I just, we just started hustling right away. We, I was, I was doing a phone gig for work uh-huh. and and my bass the bass player at the time was was working with me so we were like managing the band until all the way up until we got the uh the record deal you know we were just 
we would get uh, the phone on the phone and we would start booking up and down the coast of California shows, you know, and, and uh, that's how we started Make building up like this following. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, now, I mean, once you get the record deal, I heard you say that Lit Up uh, took you 15 minutes to write. You came in the studio, you hear the riff and you just go, yep. oh, I got it. Yep. And you started writing it down. Yep. Did did you know that it was going to be big? Like, I mean, like when you wrote it, were you like, oh, yes, this is going to hit? No. No, <laughs> I mean, I don't think a lot, a lot of people know, you know? Yeah. I can't even tell you how many songs I felt so good about. I'm like, oh, this is a no-brainer. And it's just sometimes they didn't even make the record after the fact, you know? Mm. It's uh, And then song like Lit Up, you know, just came, it was a flow. I mean, it's so weird, you know, when we... When we did that, we weren't thinking much of it. We we used to open shows with that song, you know, so it wasn't like we were holding it back because it was the song of the set, you know what I mean? Right. And then, and it's funny, it's come full circle where now we're opening it up on this tour, you know, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And, um, but yeah, we didn't know what it was going to be like. And then the story behind that song after we recorded it and just getting it, you know, as it, to be a single is pretty funny too. So, um, well, now, you know, the, at the at the time, the major label DreamWorks they 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 wanted to go with the song, but they didn't know because of the lyrics, mm-hmm. like if it was a good idea. And then they were trying to make me change the lyrics so that they could get it on the radio. And I was like, change the lyrics? It's all about just the first You're time like, I did cocaine. What I am I going to change you know? it to? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, so uh, you wouldn't believe what they pitched to me. They're like, can you say? I love the Coltrane. I love the Coltrane. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, that doesn't feel right. You're like, I don't, I don't. And they even, they even pitched, they even pitched this. Could you say I like the, I love the propane. I love the propane. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. That's how ridiculous, ridiculous it got. And so it went all the way to where our A&R guy did all this research on Eric Clapton's uh, cocaine cocaine song mm-hmm. and how many times it got played on the radio and they saw how many times it got played and they were like going with it like it is yeah I, I think that was I mean just people being conservative when they shouldn't have really I mean but yeah Coltrane that's gonna be a hard sell yeah yeah this song's all about me loving jazz <laughs> hard like just it's uh <laughs> Weird one. So ridiculous. Uh, well, I mean, Lit Up comes out in 99, and, like, you know, rock has gotten so weird at that point in time. You know, it's like I, I was yeah. I was thinking about it in, in my head uh, when I was coming up with questions, and, you know, you got Corn, you've got Limp Biscuit, you got Blink-182, all of these, and then this song yeah. comes out of Lit Up, and to me, it's huh. this, you know, it's this rock and roll kick you in the teeth party song like that's the right. the vibe it's got and did you i mean did you see it that way how did you see it once it actually started getting momentum and whatnot did you see yourselves as sort of like we're bringing back rock to rock or nah? no no we we just saw ourselves as being true to who we were that's all we wanted to do was just uh be honest uh you know with our art you know and it just I, I've always been committed to, you know, just say, saying it the way it is, the way I feel inside. You know, that's that's why I got into this. I didn't get into it to to uh, 
you know, write other people's songs or follow some format, radio format or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And I think people can really feel that honesty, you know, and that's what, that's what, you know, that's how you build a great fan base is, you know, being true to who you are and that mm -hmm. makes you unique and that, and, you know, like you said, we came out in the rap rock era and we were just the black sheep of rock music, but there was, because the song was great and it was the right time, the timing was good. It all just worked, you know. I mean, people uh, liked it for, you know, because it was off the beaten path, you know. And anyways, we've been kind of on our own island for 10, uh, for 10 records now, you know, 20, over 24 years. And um, it's because we kind of stuck to our, stuck to our guns, you know. And a lot of times it didn't serve us, you know. There's a lot of peaks and valleys to the Buckcherry story, but... Um, at the end of the day, it all works out. You know, we have this great fan base to always come back to, you and yeah. and uh, it's it's amazing. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, I, uh, I I think most people know that you know that next big hit there, as far as fifteen, as far as it coming out, and and just the idea. Yeah. At least at least Buck Cherry fans know, as far as that's one of those valleys you're talking about in between the the first yeah. album and fifteen. And you haven't uh, fifteen second, the second album, second album in fifteen. Yeah, and and you you see, uh, you know, I mean, you had to record it in fifteen days, and I'm guessing as far as fifteen coming out, did you have, did you have any expectations there, or did you just say, I'm glad we got this out, and I'm I'm glad you know, I got my art out there. It was just really really weird time. Everybody had written us off. You know, nobody would sign the band in the United States, if you can believe that. We had that record done, and we called it 15 because we did it in 15 days mm -hmm. because we got a small record deal from Japan. So shout out to Japan. They're the reasons why we could have we made that record. And then our manager was so at the time. He's just like, I'll, I'll start a record label, and we'll put it out on, on my record label. So he started this label called 11.7, which is, now has so many records, mm -hmm. but he started for uh, because of us and put out 15 on that rapper, that that label, and then we distributed it through Atlantic, and Atlantic had an upstreaming clause if they wanted to, and of course, after we did all the work and crazy <laughs> taken off, uh, they wanted to sign us. Yeah. Well, now, um, you know, th this goes into you. You already you already sort of mentioned this, but. You you've you've gone pretty much nonstop since fifteen. I mean, Black yeah. Butterfly, All Night Long, Confessions, Rock and Roll, War Paint, Hellbound, and now uh, Volume Ten. Uh, yeah. If I were in your position, I'm I'm and that's again, it's because I'm not an artist. I know I would be sort of obsessing over the numbers, right? I, every single one of those albums, it would come out, and I would compare it to. 15 and I would compare it to the the uh, the first album and no, are, are you, you can't do that. are you able to just completely shove that aside and say that's a that's a different that's a different world altogether who cares I'm putting out this album this is what I'm focused on Well not only is it a different world especially for rock music and how people get music and how people are, you know how many records are selling these days it's just a there's no comparison in that regard, you know, as far as the business side of things, mm -hmm. tremendous difference. Um, as far as a songwriter, I'm leaps and bounds from that time period. And, you know, I'm just, 
I'm here to like make the best records I can make, you know, and Hellbound and Volume 10 are the best luxury records to date from beginning to end. And yeah, people are going to put a lot of focus on, you know, Lit Up Era and mm -hmm. Crazy Era because those had a lot of commercial success. But as far as like songwriting and songs and, you know, I'm putting these set lists together every night. I know, I know what we have, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I'm just very, very pleased with where we're at and what kind of records we're putting out at this point. Well, you mentioned it a, a little bit before, uh, you know, when you're saying trying to judge what people are going to think and you're just always, you, you never know. There, you, you never know what people are going to like, what they're not going to like. And everybody, everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. You, know, you just can't, you can't get, you can't get into that whole uh, dance. Well, well, and since, you know, since 15, out of all the stuff that you've done over the last 15 years, what to you, what album or what song do you feel like got overlooked that you wish fans and just people would, would have paid more attention to that you want, like that you said, man, why, why, why isn't that getting focus? Why isn't anybody looking at that? I don't think about that. You know, it's like now it's music's getting cooler because like people are finding out all kinds of obscure songs about, you know, not just singles, you know, we have, we have kids now coming to our shows that are very young that discovered us on Spotify and mm -hmm. they just, they like all these songs that aren't even singles and they're just like so into the band and the history and it's really cool. You know, when you get outside of the United States too, it's like, it's not single driven, it's, it's record driven, mm -hmm. you know, people get into your records, you know, so we've experienced all that, you know, and so um, we don't have that mindset of, you know, songs or regret or any of that kind of stuff we're just always looking forward I like it i like it. well now obviously through the albums that you've had you guys like to throw a cover on there every now and then you know you've done you've done head like a hole you've done yeah. highway star on the new album summer of 69 uh yes sir now some bands i know like almost never use a cover never see a cover on their albums why why do you like uh, doing right. covers well we don't do them that often you know first and foremost and um as far as that that song is concerned you know um we would throw it out there live mm -hmm. every now and again and our manager caught it larry mazer the great larry mazer mm -hmm. and Shout out. he caught it and he's like you guys gotta record this song this is amazing and uh we're like, okay, we didn't really think much of it, but I mean, he was very passionate about it. So he's really the reason why it's on the record um, because it was originally gonna be a, a bonus track, but like th there is no more bonus tracks anymore. You know, people just, you know, yeah. <laughs> nobody, buy, nobody buys like records anymore. So they just get it digitally. So anyways, it came out so good. And you know, we, we speed it up a little bit and you know, when you put my voice on it, it sounds like a Buck Cherry song, you know, a, yeah. a well-written Buck Cherry song. And that's one of those songs we just think is timeless, you know. Um, we've always loved it and since we were kids, you know. So and it was a no-brainer and it came out good. So, it was, you know, I only want to make 10-song 10, 10 records anymore. And so we made a 10-song record and we threw that on at the end. And everybody really likes it. People like it so much, we're, we just did a video for it. Nice. Nice. Well, I mean, the album, the album in general is great. Uh, all the songs are are 
fantastic on the album. Um, what, what would you say? I mean, you've done since the album has come out, you've done shows. Where do you see the yeah. most response as far as the crowd on the new songs? God, we're seeing so much. I mean, you know, pain is a really big moment now. Live and it feels like love. Those two songs really go off live. And you know, uh, let's get wild. We've done. Um, mm-hmm. We've done. Uh, keep on fighting, which is really great. And you know, good time. The first single always goes off live. Nice, nice. Now, one other thing on the album. Uh, volume 10 out there purchase and you can purchase it as a vinyl on your website and whatnot uh and i actually heard yeah. you say you're not really a vinyl guy though yourself you don't really do much vinyl no i, I you know i just don't stockpile stuff and like i i just don't want to have to store a bunch of records and do all that nonsense, you know it's a hassle so yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not a big vinyl guy my my uh, manager really kind of breaks my balls over that all the time, but I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm not a pack rat, you know. Um, I have this philosophy in my home too. Like, if something is sitting around for more than a year, it goes it goes away. I don't like old cars. I don't like old anything. I want I want new everything. So, <laughs> um, that's just the way it's been for me. I don't know. People think that they can really hear a huge difference in sound with vinyl and digital and all that. And I can hear a little bit of it, but it's not like something where I'm yearning to sit down and listen to vinyl records, you know? I totally but, get um, it. I, yeah, I know that it's like a, a big movement and uh, I appreciate that, you know, because as far as, you know, a music fan, I love sitting down and listening to a record from beginning to end for sure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do that with, you know, some bands that I love now just digitally oh yeah oh yeah no no the biggest downer for me on vinyl is trying to keep them clean man it's a hassle you get you know you get dusty they get screwed up they screw up your needle like it's just it's it's there's a lot of upkeep for sure but last year yeah vinyls outsold cds first time since 87 which is yeah nobody buys cds i know um insane yeah it's a it's a trip i'm glad people are into it you know i'm just you know, I, I don't, first of all, I don't even have the time. <laughs> well, I mean, as much as you're touring, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, well, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to bring you on the show is that you are going to be here in Jacksonville coming up. Yeah. Uh, and I heard, yeah. I heard you saying, um, a couple of years ago that every show before you go out on stage, you sort of ask yourself, okay, what if, it, if this was the last show? How do you want to go out? What kind of performance are you going to have? Do you still have that mindset on every show? No, every show, no mercy. You know, it's got to be leave it all on the stage, you know, and and that's that's been my mentality since the beginning, you know. I think people appreciate that. You know, I never, even if I'm sick or I'm dealing with any kind of thing in my body or, you know, injury or anything, it's all about this is it. You know, I got, I got an app up here to to uh, be unforgettable, and that's that's what I want to do. I love it. I love it, man. That is the that is the mentality I have. I mean, can you say as a musician? I know this is tough for a lot of of artists, but can you decide between are you are you a uh, a performer 
or uh, a recorder or can you make the decision as far as what do you like more doing as far as actually putting down your music and recording it and releasing an album or getting out there on stage I love every aspect of it I love building something from nothing and that's that's what making a record's all about that's very exciting for me you know um, I was a writer before I was a singer you know mm-hmm. so uh, I, I had a real knack for writing poetry and words and I and so when I got to lyric writing it was awesome you know it was, it's like a puzzle and I got to mm-hmm. figure it out and, and make it you know kind of kind of attach myself personally to it but also write it in a way that you know uh, a lot of people can relate to it you know that's how you, you craft uh, hit songs and then you want it to be simple I don't mm-hmm. want I don't want people walking away from a Valkyrie show and they can't yeah. they can't remember any of the songs you know I, I never I never understood that that you know artists that make their songs so complicated you can't remember anything yeah. um, so so anyways you know all that being said, um, so I love that, but I compartmentalize it. You know, once I'm done with a record, I'm done. I, I get it out of my head, and it's just about becoming an instrument and live live performing. Love it. Love it. Well, Josh, we can't wait to see you perform here in Jacksonville at uh, the Underbelly. I want to thank you, man, for coming on the show and uh, talking with us, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We're looking forward to it. Awesome. Listeners, you can check out all things Buck Cherry at their website, buckcherry.com. You can follow them on social media right now. Let's take a listen to Shine Your Light off of Volume 10 Let's right go. here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc Agia Show. Spinnaker Radio, you just heard Buck Cherry. And you just heard me talking with Josh Todd. Yes. Nice fella, Mike. Nice yeah. guy. Uh, and I, yeah, we were talking about it during the musical break there. You'd like to get into tennis? Hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Looks like it looks, it's just a huge version of uh, ping pong. It is. Huge fan of ping pong. It's a huge version of ping pong. A slightly <laughs> bigger version of pickleball. That's a fact. Um, yeah. You get to, yeah, it's it's not bad, Mike. I find it hard to find folks to play tennis with. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm not great at tennis. I definitely, I, I took lessons like uh, uh, four score ago. You know, it was uh, mm-hmm. forever ago when I was a <laughs> young tyke that I took some tennis lessons. But you know, I can I can slang that thing a little bit, but like nobody mm-hmm. wants to hit it with me. You know, they're just like, oh, I never yeah. play tennis. I don't know what. Nah, I don't know what to do. So Blame. it is hard in that regard. Plus, you got to have a court. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that makes yeah. it a little bit difficult. There, 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 there. And then and now most of your courts are taken over by pickleballers. Girl, come on. I should mm-hmm. I should have asked uh, uh, Josh about that if he's offended when there's a bunch of pickleballers on there taking up his courts because usually tennis players are. They're like, get out of here with this trash, you, you, you. <laughs> this is offensive. Make believe sport. This is disgusting. Yeah. What? Anyways, Mike, I did also like about how I, I, I can really appreciate Josh giving it, laying it all on the line for his his job. You know, going out there every single every single show, asking yourself if this is the last show. So true. How mm-hmm. am I gonna perform? What do I want to go out on, you know? I can respect that, Mike. Yeah, I can too. I definitely can too. You're going to take... It's also kind of... Yeah, I was going to say, it's just kind of like also kind of scary. Like, this could be the last show, <laughs> you know? But you get... But, uh, in a, yeah, in a you get stuck too much way. in that. Yeah, you get stuck too much in yeah. that. That's the way life feels, Mike. Word. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't yeah. want to get too philosophical on you right now, but that's the way life But is. You yeah. never know. You never know. You Whenever never you know. step outside, you you're taking a risk. As my yeah. dad says, there's crazies out there. You got to watch out for them. You never know. Mm-hmm. You don't you know what's mm-hmm. going on. You got to watch out. But regardless, yeah. uh, Josh takes that, turns it into a positive. You never know. So I'm going to put my best out there. That's a fact. I'm going to do yeah. it 100% every that. time. I love it. Mike, I've got bad news. I informed you, but it's sort of good news. Uh, I told you over uh, the break there that uh, I was uh, just woefully unprepared for uh, the uh, top three today. Um, listeners, as you know, I was a little concerned with the uh, the the broad topic we had. And as the broad topic, I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, people are gonna think my list is so dumb. That's a fact. Because I did not research it enough. And Mike was like, you know, I, on my list is pretty much all paintings. And I was like, do you wanna, we wanna cut it down? Mike's like, let's cut it down. So, yeah. We're not going to do a top three. I know. Girl, I know. Regroup. Get over it. Mm-hmm. We will have one next week, guys. And next, next week. week, it is going to be top three paintings. Paintings. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, I can tell you, I'm much more of a realism guy. And also a black and white guy. Those are the two things that I really love That's a fact. in painting. So cool. they'll probably have some of that in mind. I, I, okay. I really, you know, abstracts, eh. 
I really get into those, though. I mean, it is so impressive. When you see one of those paintings that you're like, is that a picture? Is that an effing picture? I can't tell if that's a picture or a painting. You know, that blows my mm. mind, Mike. I mean, that amount of precision, that is amazing to be able to do that mm. type of painting. But I'm going to have to review. going to have to review. There's a, there's a lot of things out there, Mike. Now, yeah. since we don't have a top three, Mike, I do have a couple of stories that I wanted to cover that we didn't get to. Um, Let's do it. So first off, Mike, uh, we've got... We had Leonardo DiCaprio news. We had Kevin Costner mm-hmm. news. We also have Lionel Messi Tom. news. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, not Tom Brady news, <laughs> but close. We've got a goat of the uh, sports world, Lionel yeah. Messi. As you know, yeah. or you may not know, the world's greatest soccer player is here in Florida, Mike. Yeah. He is here at Inner Miami. Sweet. He's getting fifty to sixty million dollars a season to play for them. Mm-hmm. Not bad, Mike. Not, Not bad. bad. And he's estimated worth uh is around uh six hundred million. Also not bad. Yeah, didn't he turn down a contract uh, at his old team? Like No, no, well, he turned down a contract at his old team. He also turned down a contract from uh, Saudi Arabia as well. They had just an insane, just like, I forget. It was like, I want to say it was like hundreds of millions of dollars. But uh, anyways, Mike, he turned those down, and now he's in Miami. And guess what, Mike? This past weekend, guess what he was seen doing? Did you see this? No. Shopping at Publix, Mike. Hmm. Welcome to Florida. Yeah. He was just Welcome to Florida. Just public subs. Out there pushing his public cart. He had his three kids. This dude is a man of the people, Mike. He is. Now he really is, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, this guy could get groceries delivered. He could buy a grocery store. He could just mm-hmm. be like, you know what, this is my grocery store now. I'm the only one that can come here. And just shut it down. <laughs> and that'd be his grocery store. He could easily do that. But Messi is out here meeting Miami locals. Like, literally, I was looking this up on Google, Mike. I saw, like, at least seven different fan picks he took. You know? Just different, hey, hey, all right. Just, you know, different yeah. selfies with them. And I was like, you know what? That's it. That's it, Messi. I like that, you know? That's right. And, Mike, people took note. They took note of a couple of things. One thing was, you couldn't see much in his cart, but you could see... He bought Lucky Charms. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Love Lucky Charms. So that's it, listeners. If you want to be the greatest soccer player of all time, you have to eat Lucky Charms. Hmm. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, Mike. That's the only way. Mm. So if I were, if I was Lucky Charms, I would definitely take that and run with it. That would just be my un, my uh, unpaid endorsement. That I just constantly be like, oh, you know, Messi loves our products. He's into it. Just let you know. <laughs> um, so happy to have Messi here. It's fantastic. Uh, Mike, interesting story here from the uh, social medias. Hmm. Uh, Eve Tilly Coulson. Coulson. We'll go with Coulson. Eve Tilly Coulson, she's a single lady. Woohoo! Uh, she's a single lady who has a podcast. She likes posting on her social medias, and uh, she has recently become seriously uh, involved in looking for a man. Mm. She wants to get 
in a, a, a forever relationship, Mike. And she's so serious, she's willing to pay a person that sets her up with her future husband $5,000. That's what she says, Mike. Huh? Not bad. So to Not anybody who, who answers this uh, will be given $5,000. Uh, by uh, Eve, if if uh, whoever they set her up with is the proper match. So first of all, Mike, I gotta say, kudos Eve on not seeming desperate. <laughs> Way to go! Uh, I think you failed at that one. But I also gotta say, like, you're finding a man, right? You you're looking for this man. And you're only willing to pay $5,000? Like, you're saying you're this desperate, right? I'll do anything. Uh, And then you're only going to pay $5,000? Lame. It's not a lot. That's like telling me you're really hungry and you're you're willing to pay for groceries. And you're like, "Uh, but uh, $10? That's what I got. Is that enough for the grade? No, man got to give me more than that i mean and think about this mike this is a one in seven billion chance of finding mm-hmm. the right person you want me to do that for five thousand dollars well why i mean there's like five and seven billion no nope. I mean, there's got to be at least <laughs> not for eve she's got one i looked at uh, yeah. her she's well, only no, got uh, okay, one yeah <laughs> i see that but I, i'm just saying mike it's gonna it's gonna cost you more i mean come on the odds for the lottery mm-hmm. are way better than that. No, they're not really. But still, if I got mm-hmm. a more than a $5,000 payout on uh, the lottery, the odds are better than one in seven billion. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Did she say you have? she has to get married before yeah. she pays or what? Yeah, yeah. married okay. contract. Now, Mike, she outlined her Mr. Right. She said he's got to fall between 27 and 40 years old. He's got to stand 5'11 or taller. He's got to boast a... This is the one that gets me. He's got to boast a witty British sense of humor. Witty British sense of humor. Yeah. What does that look like? That's what I I was like. I, I guess a good... Am- Super dry. I was about to say, I guess a good amount of self-deprecating humor and mm-hmm. maybe loves vinegar. I don't know what the... Mm, I don't fish know. And chips. I don't know. Had that a couple days ago. It's like I look at that and be like, "Oh crap! I've got a Swedish sense of humor." <laughs> oh no, not a match. But uh, and then along with that, uh, strong affinities for sports, animals, and kids. Hmm. Hmm. So I mean, uh, dis- despite the the sense of humor, I don't know if I get that one with the uh, British sense of humor. Like I said, I lean more to Swedish slash Moroccan, Mike. But I think I I hit all the I hit all the requirements. I mean, yeah. I'm in the age group. I'm I'm in the height group. I uh, have an affinity for sports, animals, and well, kids. Eh, that's a tough one. We'll lie about that. <laughs> yeah, one. that one's that's fine. what I was gonna ask about. We'll, yeah. we'll lie about that. One. I got. I got it. <laughs> right now, I gotta. I gotta ask, Mike. In theory, I like kids. <laughs> well, I gotta ask Sorry. if I enter myself and we get married. Do I get the five thousand hmm. dollars? Does she give me five thousand dollars if it's me who who I introduce myself hmm. and I'm like, hey, I'm putting myself in the running. I want your five thousand yes! dollars. And then, do I get to keep it if I immediately divorce her after I get the five thousand dollars? Does that? Hmm. That is that stipulation. Does she have a divorce contract in this deal? Hmm. I don't know. 
I don't know. Mm. I'm just saying, lot lot of ins and outs, Mike. Lots yeah. of in and outs. You got to figure out how this one's working there. Uh, last thing, Mike, before we uh, go on to our last two birthday suits. Another, we got another uh, uh, social media story here, Mike. Um, this one made me chuckle a little bit just because of the scenario. It was sort of funny. Uh, TikToker Jessica Carrasco. She posted a TikTok on uh, on uh, on uh, the old platform there, promoting an eyebrow pin in the video. It was uh you know, it was a endorsement deal that she was promoting this eyebrow pin. She is a, a influencer in makeup. Sure. Yep. And she shows a picture in the video of how not to do your eyebrows, right? And it's not a picture of her, it's somebody else. And she says, you know, here's how to not do your eyebrows. And she apparently got this picture, uh, and the picture is an old picture of another uh, TikToker. Resilient GG. Word. That's her handle. Don't Mm -hmm. know her real name, she just goes by Resilient GG. And uh, I gotta say, Mike, Resilient GG was not happy about this in the slightest. She was not happy that she was the picture of bad eyebrows that did not make her happy at all. She uh, posted a video that described, she described shock and confusion of being made an example of in the video. She said, quote, why the fuck are you using an old photo of me? And where the fuck did you get this old photo of me? (laughs) Did I give you permission to use my picture? I'm so confused. That was her quote, Mike. That was her quote. And so a couple of things to me, Mike. First of all, I, I, I don't know how bad I'd get mad about eyebrows. That's not really my thing. I don't really see myself caring too much about uh, eyebrows. But then again, I don't really do eyebrows. I mean, I'm sure if somebody was like, hey, if you want to have the eyebrows of a moron, look at this dude. I'd be like, that's unfair. <laughs> that's not nice. But I can see how disturbing it would be to flip through social media and see a video that's like, here's what you don't want to look like. Damn it, that's me. Oh, God. They can. Mm, that's, yeah. But then I like, though, how Resilient GG said, where did they get this old photo from? It's the internet. Yeah. You can get anything on this. It never goes away. Sure, you deleted the account. Sure, you got rid of the photos. They're still there. Oh, they're still there. They're lurking. They're lurking mm-hmm. down in there. Like, and And then the second part, did I give you permission? Of course she didn't get permission. It's social media. Nobody asked for permission. Nope. No one asked for permission for anything except for stuff that's owned by companies that have lawyers. That's a fact. That's the only things. And usually you don't even ask for those. The social media company just comes in and goes, hey, we took your shit down because you don't own it. And you go, oh, okay. Makes uh, sense. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, like, how can you be surprised? You're not an entity. She is not worried about you suing her. Ridiculous, Mike. Ridiculous. Anyways, I gotta say, I'm glad I'm not in Resilient Gigi's uh, shoes. So, I wouldn't want yeah. people making fun of my eyebrows. No, thank you. I, I mean, sp- I wouldn't really care. I spend hours on these things, Mike. Yeah, they're beautiful. Now nah, they look. My hairstylist always asked me if I want to do if they want to do my if they if I would want them to do my eyebrows, and I said no. No, you never had no. them do them. 
No. I got in that game a long time ago, Mike. I sort of gave up on that game, but I also got into that game. Interesting. Yeah, back in the day, I used to get my eyebrows tweezed. Really? And then I got them waxed for a while. And then I just Hmm. stopped giving a shit. That's where I am now. Yeah. But, and so uh, they come back like normal. They didn't come back like double bushy. No, you don't get an extra hair. I didn't. I didn't turn into Anthony Davis with a unibrow <laughs> or anything. You know. Um, uh, but yeah, every now and then I'll do a little manscaping up there. You know, if I, I see, I, I see if it's going too much, I'll, I'll get the tweezers out, throw them mm-hmm. over there. I'm just not too concerned yeah. about it. I had one that was like kind of curling oh, in the opposite yeah. direction. I cut that one. You got to watch out, it. Mike. That happens when you're old. That happens. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, uh, at some certain age, you just start getting body hairs that are like, I don't feel like going with all you other fuckers. And they just start growing out in weird directions. And it's just yeah. like they're trying to, it's like it's like a prisoner trying to escape from jail. They're just like, I'm going ah, this way. And you're like, where did you Talk come you. from? <laughs> Let me share something. Might be kind of, I don't think this is gross, but it's kind of weird. I had, a, I had one leg hair that grew to be, Seven or eight X the other hairs. Wow, what is that? that is some. That is some. That is a mutant hair, Mike. That yeah, is, it was very weird. I honestly, I didn't mess with it. I wanted to keep it. I was like, how long will it go? I honestly can't, I can't tell you like anymore. the physiology of that of why. That's an interesting thing. I might have to dig deeper. I'm going to do a follow up, Mike. I'm going to do a mm. follow up. See if I can find out exaggerated body hair lengths. What happens there? <laughs> That's an important factor. Mike, we have got two birthday suits. I don't think you're going to get either. Um, All right. What do you want, actor or uh, musician? Let's go with the musician. Okay. Born on July 19th, 1947 in Hampton Hill, England. Our birthday suit wearer loved music. He started a band when he was only 12 years old. But along with guitar, he also loved math. He ended up going to the Imperial College in London for a degree in physics. When he graduated, he received a personal offer from one of the most highly respected astrophysicists in the world to come study with him and get his PhD. But our birthday suit wearer declined, deciding to focus on music. In 1970, he formed a band with Roger Taylor, John Deacon, Freddie Mercury. They called themselves... Queen. Mm. Their first and second album sold pretty well, but it was their fourth album, A Night at the Opera, that brought them worldwide success with Bohemian Rhapsody. Their 1977 album, News to the World, had the major hits We Will Rock You and We Are Champions. In 1980, they released their album, uh, The Game, with the extremely popular hit, Another One Bites the Dust. In total, the band released 15 studio albums. Sadly, the singer of the band, Freddie Mercury, passed away in 1991. But our birthday suit wear with the other members of Queen have continued to tour for the last 34 years. Also, interesting of note, in the early 2000s, our birthday suit wear started working on his PhD again, Mike, in astrophysics. And in 2007, he was awarded a PhD in astrophysics. Cool. And just this year, he was knighted by King Charles III. So he now has the title, Sir. Name that birthday suit wearer. 
I have no idea. Would it be Sir Doctor <laughs> or Doctor Sir? That's what I was getting ready to say, Mike. Sir Doctor Brian May. Yes, Brian May. Lead guitarist, been the lead guitarist for the entire time of Queen. Just super impressive, Mike. Super impressive. I mean, think about yeah. that. World famous rock star. Been known around mm-hmm. the world. And you're like, you know what? Switch gears here. Go ahead. Go back to astrophysics. And just get deep into math. Just integrals ah, and amazing. derivatives. And just being just looking like a beautiful mind. Just writing all over windows and filling up chalkboards. Just crazy, man. Yeah, and you're doing it pressure-free. You know, you've already... Yeah, you've already dominated stuff. One life. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to go back. He's doing it for the fun. love of astrophysics, man. Mm-hmm. I love that. Shout out to Brian May, Sir Brian May, Dr. Mm-hmm. Brian May, Shout all out. of those things. Uh, Mike, last one. I don't think you're going to get this one either. He's English as well. Um, he's been in some famous movies, uh, and he's got a really... Do you know any English actors that have super super english names hmm i don't know very english name like you can't get more english than this name uh anyways born on uh born in london england july 19 1976 our birthday suit wear came from a very well-to-do family in England, by the age of 10, he had found his love of acting, participating in several Shakespearean works like Midsummer Night Dream. Uh, his drama teacher called him the best schoolboy actor he had ever worked with. He first uh, moved professionally into theater. Our birthday suitwear also had major roles in television, but he became an international star in movies. In 2011, he played Major Jamie Stewart in the movie War Horse by Steven Spielberg. In 2012, he provided the voice uh, for uh, the Hobbit series. He was the voice of the Dragon Smog and the Necromancer. In 2013, he played in Star Trek Into the Darkness. He played the character Khan. He was in 12 Years a Slave, where he played William Prince Ford. In 2014, he played uh, in Black Mass with Johnny Depp. In 2016, he picked up the role as Doctor Strange in the Mm. Marvel films, and he played that role in five different Marvel films. In 2021, uh, he played in the, uh, the film The Power of the Dog, And this year, he will star in Wes Anderson's The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. Name that birthday suit wearer. Is it Benedict Cumberbatch? That's it. Yes. Yes. Nicely done, Mike. I was concerned you weren't going to get one this week, but you pulled it through with Benedict. I mean, yeah, I, you were saying about the most British name, and I was like, well, even if this is wrong, I just realized Benedict Cumberbatch is probably a very I English mean, come name. on, that is so proper. All you got to do is add in some like the third of Winsington or something like that. Come on, I feel Benedict- like he was in another movie. What was he in? You think he go? Uh, do, do friends of his call him Ben, or do they call him Benedict? Uh, the imitation game. Oh yeah, I wonder if. Uh, I wonder. I don't know. I would say Benedict because that's maybe the that's call, a nice thing to say. Maybe they know. call him Benny. 
I might mm. I might want to call him Benny. Oh Benny Benny Cumber. Benny Cumber. Benny. Uh Benny Cumber. Oh man. Yeah. He turning turning uh what is he turning? Forty seven, Mike. Forty seven. Is wild. He is very mm-hmm. good at imitations and uh and voices. Cause he definitely does not sound anything like the dragon smog who has a very <laughs> deep, frightening voice. Uh, very impressive there. Reminds me of my librarian uh, back in elementary school. She was amazing at doing voices for the uh, books that she would read. You know, she'd change her voice for all of the different oh, characters. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, yeah. you get into that. The kids love that stuff. Oh, yeah. And for, for, for a lady, she had a very deep voice. She was able to make a very deep voice for, like, you know, like scary characters and stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, during Halloween, you're like, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh <laughs> wow. You know, super nice. I'm trying to remember a name. I can't remember a name right now. When I think of her name, I'll give her a shout out, but I can't remember it. I'll have to wait until next next uh, week when I can remember, Mike. We need to wrap it up. 33% for this week, Mike. Not good. Hopefully, we'll have a week where we just have all <laughs> kinds of famous folks that you can get a three for going here. But for right now, you're a uh, 45 and three-fourths out of 84. Mm. So you still got a That's couple right. that you can miss before you get to 50%. We're still... We're still above 50%, so we're still working it. It's good. Hasn't it just been a gradual decline? A <laughs> little bit, but we've, we've held pretty hard between 50 and 60%, Mike. You've, uh, you, I mean, so funny. You know, for like a good, like, I want to say like 15 weeks, you've held in that spot. So Okay. Yeah, All right. You know, pretty solid, pretty solid. Mike, we have fantastic shows coming up. We have two great guests. I'm very excited about this. Um, we've got uh, Gideon King on the show. Mike, you'll you'll be fascinated by his life here. Gideon um, first got into the finance game before he became a musician. You know, I don't. You know, I don't think it's very uh, proper to like ask how much money you've made, but I feel like he's made an ass ton of money. That's a yeah, rough, I feel like he would be proud to answer that question. That well, It's a rough estimate, but I'm saying just an ass ton. I don't know how much, but he is in a lot. He was mm-hmm. managing, he was uh, head of a firm that had a, uh, a total uh, equity there of $1.5 billion that he used to manage. He was managing yeah. $1.5 billion. Nice. I mean, soon I'll be I'll be at that same level with my savings account, but like for sure, you for know, sure, four percent. It's it's right there, right there, maybe at the same <laughs> level. But regardless, he's now a great musician, Mike. He uh, well, he's always been a great musician, but he decided to focus on musician, uh, being a musician, and he's just putting out better and better music every single uh, every single week, and it's fantastic. We're gonna have him on the show. We've also got The Criticals, a fantastic young band, on the rise. And we've got legends of the uh, country music game coming down the road. Diamond Rio. These guys have won Grammys. They've got millions and millions of streams. And Mike, this is another one. This This is the power that I didn't know this show has. Say what? Their manager asked uh, us for him to come on the show. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I was like, hell yeah, we'll have him on the show. You kidding me? Get out of town. Like, come on now. Like, I was, yeah, I was, I was jazzed about it, Mike. So they're coming on the show. It's going to be fantastic. Got a new song out. Can't wait to talk to him. But uh, until next week, Mike, 
I'm I'm calling back. Uh, 100% accuracy. We wasted time and we had fun. Yeah, we did. That was it. We did. I nailed it. So there you go, folks. If you want psychic, <laughs> if you want any future predictions on this show, come to me. I can tell you what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Regardless, until next week, guys. I, I'll tell you this too. We won't have any new shows until next Wednesday. So there's my next 100%. prediction. It's going to be correct. <laughs> it's going to be correct. Until then, I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Thank you, Doc G. Always a pleasure. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it to do.